This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and that is, of course, Mr. Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome. Hello again, Natalie. Good to be back. It is good to be back. Time flies. It doesn't feel like two minutes since we were last um, talking and doing the preview for the Everton game, which we shall not talk about. Um, how have you been since we last spoke, Dave? I did very well. We had some good news through today with uh, Sean Dyche's uh, contract being confirmed, which is uh, very good news. Yeah, it really is. I was starting to get a little bit worried, actually, about the early season form, some challenges and some um, you know, negative press against Dyche and also the fact that this new contract wasn't on its way. Um, and this very much accumulated in me feeling that the, after the game on, on Monday that I was a bit concerned that he wouldn't be with us by the end of the season. I was a bit worried about whether or not you know we'd have a bit of a knee-jerk reaction from the board. But it seems to be that the board have shown that they have absolute faith that he will turn it around. So he just now has to actually turn it around yeah. and then that would be great. But yeah, four more years of Sean Dyche, which is excellent news. And I think... All of us want him to carry on being a success. Nobody wants him to have to be replaced or want to leave. So, um, yeah, a good news day, young Dave, a good news day. Well, um, no doubt we'll talk about that later on in the show. I suspect that our very own Dave Statman-Roberts will have something up his sleeve for later on in his preview show. So before we get into all of that, we do, of course, have a quiz question that we need to give you an answer to. So let's kick off with that. Um, oh, hang on, Dave. My script's right at the bottom. I was, about to, I was about to read out our ending then to our listeners. That wouldn't have been that good, would it? That would have been a short preview show. Hello, welcome, au revoir. Um, no, we're right back at the beginning. Of course, the last preview show, Dave um, set you as is the current format for this season. One easy question and one hard question. And they were as follows. Oh, no. Actually, no, this was the, this was the preview show where you did 
one question with question. two answers, didn't you? Yes, of course. <gasps> Dave, you're a tricky little one. You keep sneaking us in some changes of format. The question was, of course, there have been seven red cards shown to Burnley players in away Premier League games, and two of those have been against Everton at Goodison Park. Can you name both players? And the twist on the question last week was, of course, that there is one of those players who is quite easy to remember and another one which is a little bit harder. Dave, what were those answers? Yeah, well, the correct answers were uh, the first one, which I think might have been the harder one, that was going back a little bit further in time, that was Stephen Jordan. Uh, He was sent off just after the hour mark in the match against Everton at Goodison Park in December 2009. That was our first Premier League season. And the other one, a little bit more recent than that, was Ashley Barnes. He was dismissed just before half-time. That was in the match in April 2015. Uh, Both were for two yellow card offences. I think the uh, two-part question was slightly easier than previous weeks, doing it that way. And as a result, we did have some listeners who knew both answers and got in touch to let us know. And would you like to know who got in touch? I certainly do. Tell us who those correct answers were, Dave. The role of honour is we had uh, John Robertson knew that it was Stephen Jordan and Ashley Barnes, as did David Entwistle. Andrew Blythe, Jan Gedzaleski and Adam Dennett. So we had five, certainly five who let us know. I'm sure there were maybe others out there a little bit too shy and don't let us know. But I think uh, maybe in future weeks we'll have a few new names in that list if anyone uh, knows the answers to, to the quiz question we're going to pose at the end. Definitely. We'll do stay tuned, folks, because Dave is going to set us on that other question. And we'll see if we can get quite a few decent amount of of, uh, entrants this week. So let's see if we can get even more next week. That would be lovely. Premier League, head to head. Um, But before we do that, we are, of course, going to get on to what we're here for. And that is previewing the Clarets' next Premier League fixture, which is this Saturday, the 18th of September. It's a 3pm kickoff and... Da, 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 is not televised anywhere in the UK, which is great news because that should mean a packed-out turf more, which, quite frankly, is what we all need right now. Dave, we're going to delve straight into the preview show by talking about the history of this fixture. So can you please set us off with the last the Premier League meetings? Yeah, this season we're providing you with the head-to-head record between the clubs in Premier League games, either at home or away, depending on the venue the game's at. So uh, going back through those games, uh, Burnley drew 1-1 with Arsenal. That was at Turf Moor in the first Premier League meeting between the two teams in December 2009. It had been a long wait since the teams had met in the top flight. That was due to the fact that uh, Burnley had been relegated in 1975-76, and we had to wait 33 years to return. Uh, Meanwhile, Arsenal remained the longest-serving top-flight club in in England. Uh, They'd been there ever since their controversial ascent in 1919. That was just after the First World War. Uh, The next four meetings we had with Arsenal at Turf Moor in the Premier League resulted in the visitors coming away with all three points. Uh, Usually, in questionable circumstances, uh, with a variety of dubious dives, offsides and handballs contributing to Burnley's woes, often in added time at the end of the match. Uh, Although we broke our hoodoo with a win in the away game at the Emirates last season, we're still waiting for a Premier League win against Arsenal at Turf Moor. There was a nil-nil draw, that was in early February 2020, uh, and the corresponding fixture from last season ended in a 1-1 draw. 
So we'll be hoping to go one better with a victory on Saturday afternoon, which would also help to kickstart our season, as well as providing a much-needed first home win since we beat Aston Villa at Turf Moor way back in January. Yeah, which does feel like a very long time ago, and it's certainly mm. a welcome three points would be great here. Um, unfortunately, I think we're going to be meeting a side who probably need the, the points more than we do. So uh, let's see how that one goes. Um, Dave, next segment then, we're going to be looking at what's happened on this day. Uh, well, we've missed one. We're doing memory match first before that. Are we? We are. Oh, my script's all in a reverse order. Look at this. Do you know what? It's a good job our listeners love us, isn't it, Dave? I think, I think if we had a preview show that didn't go without some sort of technical hitch, I think we'd get complaints. Um, my script is all a little bit back to front then because I've got I've got um, on this day after remember you've scrolled down too fast clearly I have done you just tell us what we're doing next day you go ahead uh, we're going for memory match that's the um, a feature we're having for this season we've decided to feature one memory match for each episode on the previous show and as usual we've selected a past meeting between the two clubs at the same venue as the forthcoming match uh, with no Premier League home wins to highlight yet uh, we're going to reminisce about a Carling Cup quarter final match that was from December 2008. Uh, Burnley had already got past two other top-flight London clubs in the earlier rounds. Uh, firstly, a late Jay Rodriguez goal allowed us to knock Fulham out at Turf Moor. That was a 1-0 win, uh, followed by a memorable penalty shootout to get past Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Uh, that gave us a home quarter-final against Arsene Wenger's Arsenal who were undone by their championship opponents. Scottish youngster Kevin MacDonald was the star player on the night, bagging both of Burnley's goals, one in either half, on a cold Tuesday evening at Turf Moor, to send us through to face yet another London club, Spurs, in a two-legged semi-final. Uh, this continued the capital punishment theme and provided a memorable, although ultimately heartbreaking, climax as a result of the bizarre League Cup rules concerning away goals. Yeah, I'm still not over that, Dave. Um, no, I mean, so we now, yeah, we should now have on this day. We have yes, on yes. this day, a new a new feature for this season. Uh, going through the matches uh, played on the same date as uh, this Saturday's match. So we're looking back on matches played by Burnley on the 18th of September, uh, and there've been 24 of those, quite a few, and they go all the way back to 1897. Um, although we won the first match played on this date, that was a 4-1 home win over Walsall, uh, Burnley failed to win any of the next 10. That was taking us through right up until 1965. Uh, the poor sequence was broken in 1971 with a 1-0 home win over QPR. That was thanks to a second-minute goal from Arthur Bellamy. Uh, Burnley's biggest win on this date was a 7-0 rout of East Fife in a Texaco Cup match that was played at Turf Moor in 1973 and included a hat-trick by Paul Fletcher. Uh, none of the last ten occasions we've played on September... Uh, sorry, nine of the last ten occasions we've played on September 18th have been away from Turf Moor, unusually. Uh, but as well as winning the only home game, that was against Colchester United in 1999, we've also won four drawn two and lost three of the most recent away games. Uh, the most memorable is probably a 3-2 away win that was against Birmingham City at St Andrews in 2001. Uh, Glenn Little scored twice, including the winning goal, to keep Burnley at the top of the table after eight games. Uh, Ian Moore scored Burnley's other goal that night. 
Uh, the most recent time Burnley have played on September 18th was 11 years ago uh, in 2010. That match was against Crystal Palace and was at Sellers Park and finished as a goalless draw. So Burnley's overall record on the 18th of September is played 24, won 8, drawn 7, lost 9. But we are unbeaten in the last five. That's going back to 1999 uh, with three wins and two draws during that time. Excellent. Club Connection! Now, one of the new features for this season's preview show is a feature called Club Connection, which we take a look at the players who've spent time at both clubs. Sometimes there are a lot of players to choose from, but in the case of Arsenal, there's a very limited selection and that will probably come as not that big a surprise. So how are we going to deal with that this week, Dave? Uh, Well, yeah, to my knowledge, there's only eight players who've represented both clubs in the post-war era. Uh, So if you'll indulge me, I'm going to give a quick whistle-stop tour of all eight. Um, Goalkeeper Jim Fennell only played three times for Burnley. His opportunities were limited with the likes of Colin McDonald and then Adam Blacklaw ahead of him. He eventually left Turf Moor in 1962 to join Liverpool before moving to Arsenal in 1963. Uh, Next up, Lee Dixon eventually had a long and distinguished career with Arsenal and England, but only managed five games for Burnley before working his way up the leagues via Chester, Bury and Stoke City before making it at Highbury. Uh, Paul Shaw was an Arsenal player who had a short loan spell with us in 1995. He played eight times for the Clarets. Uh, And the next player only played 15 times for Burnley and only four of those were starts. But Arsenal and England legend Ian Wright also became a Burnley legend when he ended his career at Turf Moor, helping Stan Turner's team to promotion in 2000. Uh, he was, of course, a subject of a known in ever podcast special in 2020. That was uh, just before the pandemic, uh, and that's still available to listen to if you need to catch up. Uh, very, very good episode, that one. Um, there's uh, four names taken care of with four to go, and they include uh, John Spicer, who only ever played one League Cup game for Arsenal before making his way to Burnley via Bournemouth. That was in 2005. He played 74 times for the Clarets. Uh, That's more than any of the other seven names in our list combined. Uh, Danny Kobassian, he was a real prospect before injuries blighted his career and forced him to retire early at the age of just 22. And Andrew Cole, who again only had a very brief time at Arsenal and is much better known for his time at Newcastle United and Manchester United, amongst other clubs, uh, before eventually linking up on loan for Burnley in 2008. Uh, lastly, uh, Mark Randall was another young Arsenal player who joined us on loan and made just 10 appearances for Burnley in 2008 before going on to have further loan spells at Milton Keynes and Rotherham. Excellent stuff. I liked the plug about the Ian Wright episode. Thanks, Dave. That was probably one of my finest moments ever in the Known and Ever podcast. Obviously, apart from the preview show, but that was pretty impressive. Well, that is the history section of the preview show taken care of. So let's bring us completely and utterly up to date with plenty more stats and facts from the present day, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, uh, Mikel Arteta took over from Unite Emery as Arsenal manager in December 2019, making the move from Manchester City, where he'd been assistant to Pep Guardiola since 2016. Um, He's overseen back-to-back eighth-place finishes in the Premier League, a disappointing outcome compared with recent history and the high expectations of their supporters. 
Although Arsenal did qualify for the Europa League after beating Chelsea to win the delayed FA Cup in August 2020, they failed to qualify to play in Europe this season for the first time since the mid-1990s, a sequence which went back even before Arsene Wenger's time at the club. Arsenal were one of the biggest spenders in this summer's transfer window, splashing out almost £150 million, which included paying £50 million to Brighton for central defender Ben White, over £30 million to Real Madrid for Martin Odegaard, £25 million to Sheffield United for goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, not to mention a further £40 million combined for Takahiro Tomiyasu, Albert Sambi Lokonga and Nuno Tavares. We can only imagine what Sean Dyche could do with a budget like that. Um, they've had a poor start to this season as well, uh, losing their first three Premier League games, although they did have a 6-0 away win over West Brom in the Carabao Cup and managed a narrow 1-0 win over Norwich City in their last game. Uh, this season, they appear to be setting up in a 4-2-3-1 formation uh, with two holding midfielders, two players in wide forward positions and then an out-and-out striker with another player in the hole just behind. The system seems to be the constant. I can't really see them trying to match up a 4-4-2 with Burnley, but there has been some uh, variation and flexibility with their players, which I guess is a possibility with the Arsenal squad depth. Uh, For an indication of Arsenal's most consistent performance on the pitch, we've looked back at last season's Fantasy Premier League points, which indicate that strikers Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Alexander Lacazette, plus Nicolas Pepe and Bukayo Saka, and goalkeeper Bernd Leno are the mainstays of the team. As well as their regular liability, Granit Xhaka, who is out suspended again due to another red card, Arsenal have a couple of players who are ruled out with injuries. Uh, Mohamed El Neni is suffering from a thigh injury, and also Rob Holding is out with a bruised knee. Um, hopefully, the grass will be the right length on Saturday. It should be, as there are very clear Premier League regulations in place. But that won't stop it being a phony get-out excuse for the visiting manager if the result doesn't go their way. Yeah, I can't wait. I will be uh, glued to Arsenal TV if we manage to win this one. Um, Well, that's our thoughts on Arsenal. But for fairness, we do always like to bring you an opposition view. Um, We believe we have an alternative angle this week on from Arsenal fan Jason McKenna. Um, And providing he managed to get the recording to us by the deadline we set him, which Burnley fans is always the challenge for the, the, the preview show, then producer Matt will slot it in right about now. Opposition view. Hello, everybody. It's Jason McKenna here from Premier Injuries. You might have heard me before because I always look forward to when there's the Arsenal Burnley fixtures that I have an excuse to come on to the podcast and talk all things Clarets. The first question today is what do I think about Arsenal's summer transfer activity? And I have to say, after initial worries and uh, kind of speculations, I'm very impressed. We seem to have sorted quite a few of the problems, especially defensively. Ben White and Tommy Asu kind of offer two very different styles of play. Uh, ben White, very good at playing out from the back, so we're not too reliant on players like Granit Xhaka. And then Tommy Asu kind of links up well with Gabriel in terms of their physical uh, assets. So he's, he's very good as well at kind of build-up play, getting down that right wing. But the interesting thing was we saw in the first few games of the season and in games last season that defensively we were kind of caught out when our best aerial players were not on the pitch. And Ben White is not very good in the air. 
neither is Tierney, but Gabriel and Tommy Asu are. So it quite positively now, the back line seem to almost have each other's backs in terms of uh, the, the physical profiles and the play style. So that's one thing that are, is really good. In terms of the start of the season, uh, I, I'm not actually too worried because if you look at the way that the team have made their transfers, there is a good team there now. So the question is, is Arteta the right man for the job? I think we've got to a point now where you look and you ask the questions of the manager rather than the team. There's a great 11 there. There's some good backups as well. And if we're not getting results out of them, then at least we, we've we come to a point where we know that we can move on to another manager. And we've seemed to have a clear identity now of what players and what style we want to play. So if anything, it's, it's quite a success that we have that identity almost back at Arsenal. But we're just not implementing it on the pitch apart from maybe that game against Norwich. So I'm positive with the players we've got. I'm positive to give the manager a bit of a chance over the next few games. But if the poor results continue against teams that we should be beating or teams that we should be competing with, then there has to be changes at the club. Uh, In terms of it, so Arsenal actually have a good situation with the injuries Uh, in that there's not really anybody left there. So an optimal first 11 would seem to be, uh, and and I don't know if Arteta is going to go with him going forward, but Ramsdale, uh, I I really liked the way that he communicated with the back line. There was a lot of discussions there. Something that we missed since we had Martinez was actually the communication there. He was shouting, he was organising, whereas Leno's a lot more subdued. So I'd like to see him in between the posts. Tommy Asu, Ben White, Gabriel and Tierney have to make up the back line. They were fantastic against Norwich. They looked really good together, as I said, complementing each other's um, you know, full-backs and also really strengthening one another. In the defensive mid-positions... Uh, I would like to see Party and Lakonga. Uh, obviously, Xhaka can't be there at the moment because he's got his red card. So hopefully they start because I think Party was almost being warmed back into the Premier League after his injury. Then in front of them would be Erdegaard. Um, he's been very creative for Arsenal, but also in terms of the international break, he did really well. Um, And then it would be nice to see Smith-Rowe back again, somebody who's had his injuries, Saka and Aubameyang up top. And just to add in there as well, of course, Nicolas Pepe. I think he looked really good uh, against Norwich. Just the problem was putting the ball into the back of the net. Um, And hopefully they get their confidence back. Score, I'm always reluctant to kind of give um, a big scoreline because... Burnley are a difficult side. You guys have, you know, once again, Dyche is is working really good magic with the team, with the squad that you've got. And so I would say that it could be a naught-naught draw. Um, Just at the moment, I don't think the Arsenal team have the confidence to score goals. And I think our defence could be strong enough to see us out. But um, if... If a team is to win, 
I do think Arsenal just have enough. But it's going to be a very tight game, I think. Uh, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be Arsenal, really easy fixture. But it's not at all. People are forgetting how good Burnley can be. Um, but yeah, just thanks for having me on once again. You can check out the work that I do over at Premier Injuries. We've got Premier Injuries uh, FPL channel, but also check out the website premierinjuries.com. There's so much good stuff there and so much good free content. And I hope that we can all enjoy the game at the weekend. Okay, Dave, who's the referee? Unless the Premier League has a last-minute change of mind, like they did for Monday night's game, we mm. previewed the uh, match, said who the referee was going to be, and then uh, the last minute, I think, on uh, Monday morning, they changed their mind. Um, Anthony Taylor of Withenshaw will be in charge at Turf Moor on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you may have seen that he made the news in the Champions League in midweek uh, for the wrong reasons, when he showed a yellow card, followed by a red, to Dynamo Kiev midfielder Denis Garmash in their match against Benfica. Uh, the only problem was that Garmash hadn't been booked earlier in the game. Uh, so let's hope that Taylor's decision-making and his ability to count have returned for Saturday's game. Uh, none of his previous 21 matches in charge of Burnley have resulted in a red card. And although Burnley have won six of these games, we haven't won any of the last five, which were all Premier League matches from last season. Um, as well as a goalless draw against West Brom at the Hawthorns, Anthony Taylor took charge of home draws against Everton and Brighton, as well as home defeats to Newcastle and West Ham towards the end of the campaign. Uh, Lee Mason, he'll be in charge of the cameras at Stockley Park. He retired from his on-field duties at the end of last season to become the first dedicated video assistant referee. Oh, that's a good stat. I like that one. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Well, I don't think we're going to leave it there, are we? Because I know that you like to treat our listeners and we never like to just do a boring preview show. So why don't you, Dave, delve deep into those pockets and give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yeah, for this week's stat, we're going to take a step back from the match at the weekend and dedicate our stat of the week to Sean Deitch, who, as we know now, has signed a new four-year contract extension to remain as Burnley manager until the end of the 2024-25 season. And he's currently the longest serving manager in the Premier League and he's the third longest serving among the 92 Football League clubs. At the end of next month, we'll see the ninth anniversary of Sean Dyche's appointment and if he remains as Burnley manager until the end of his contract extension, he would also overtake Harry Potts as the second longest serving Burnley manager in a single spell. Harry Potts was in charge for just under 12 years from the start of March 1958 uh, through to the 22nd of February 1970. Although he did return to Turf Moor for a second spell, that was from February 1977 to October 1979. Our longest serving manager of all time in a single spell is John Howarth. He was appointed in July 1910 and oversaw our FA Cup victory in 1914 and the league title in 1920-21, with the First World War in between those two. His reign lasted over 14 years until his premature death from pneumonia at the age of just 48 in December 1924. However, it would need a further two-year extension beyond the one just announced for Sean Dyche to surpass John Howarth. 48, that's no age, is it? No. Um, so how are you feeling about the game at the weekend, Dave? Are you feeling 
confident. I don't think performances have been that bad, but we just seem to not be able to hold on to leads at the moment, which is really worrying. Uh, there's that and also making sure that we concentrate for the full 90 minutes. I think yeah. the um, Everton game started off pretty well. I think up, up to Everton scoring, we did everything right. We'd, we'd done really well in the first half. We then got our noses in front and then you know we had a, a, a mad seven minutes, wasn't it? It was three goals. It could easily have been four because they had another one uh, yeah. disallowed. We just seemed to, well, we conceded one, then they scored a worldie, then we switched off and it was just like, you wonder what was going on. It was like a different team uh, to the one that played the first uh, first hour of the game. So we do need to switch on, keep switched on, and and keep concentrating the full ninety minutes. I, I think it's um, perhaps a good time to play Arsenal. Uh, the pressures on them. Uh, they did get a win against Norwich. They eked out a, a narrow one nil victory. Um, but they have struggled at Turf Moor the last twice they've been. They've, they've drawn both games. Um, I think it's a good time to play them, and I'm going to be um, confident, and I'm going to predict a win. Wow, Dave! You never predict wins. This is amazing. I'm really very happy about that. I don't even you know what. I'm not even going to give my predictions on again. I'm just going to leave it at that because I feel like we have just peaked, and I am delighted. Um, so, listeners piggyback on top of Dave's positive glow and let us know what you think the prediction will be. We want a score, please. We want a scorer and we want to know how you think they scored. You can tweet us at noneandever.net or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net and we will look forward to seeing what you think we will do. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, moving into the second half of this show, and we are, of course, getting to the nitty-gritty of the much-loved and highly coveted known-and-never Fantasy Premier League. We have got... Um, game week four over and done with so we should have a full update from Dave and I think we mentioned this in last week's show we've now closed entries and we have got an absolutely phenomenal um, number of managers battling out for the the title this year this this week and uh, this week this season over 300 of you so thank you all for your support this is going to be a lot of fun this season Um, game week four done and dusted Dave how is it looking? Uh, well, after four game weeks, there does seem to be a group at the top of the table who are consolidating their positions already. Uh, just 11 points separate the current top five, who are... Uh, we've still got in there uh, Adam Dennett, our very own Adam. He's uh, in fifth place on 321 points, uh, but down from uh, from the previous week. Also down is Andrew Smith, who was our previous leader, I think. He's on 323 points. Uh, up to third place is Michael Westbrook on 331. Uh, we've got a non-mover, uh, Deck Clark, in second place on 341. And just one point ahead of him is uh, Joe Elliott, who's our new leader, uh, 342 uh, at the top of the table. And also, obviously, um, uh, we've... we've we, well, we haven't we haven't played um, a game yet in September, have we? So we're going to uh, see who our September manager of the month is going to be. Um, we need to look through and make sure that um, we've we've got manager of the month all the way through. It's very good the way it's set up on the website. You can actually go through and look at a table either overall or just for a month. So we'll be tracking oh, that and seeing who our manager of the month is um, all the way through. 
Definitely. Well, we need to still get, we need our manager of the month for August to get in touch, don't we? Was it Andrew? That was Andrew, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening, please get in touch. We've got a non and ever sticky to send you as prize for the manager of the month award for August. Please drop me an email at previewshow at noninever.net and I can um, get that sent out to you. Um, preferably before I have to send September's out as well. Um, how's Non and Ever doing? Dave, what's well, just before that, the, the oh, highest okay. scoring player for, for game week four was Ben Nutter. Ah, okay. um, he climbed up to 39th place. He had 95 points. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how uh, how things pan out and who's going to be our uh, September manager of the month. But that's a, a good start from uh, from Ben. Yeah, definitely. Well done, Ben. Um, but I don't, I don't want to know about Ben. I want to know how Team None and Ever are doing. What's the panel Do really? doing? No, Do you really? Not, actually. Oh, go on. No. <laughs> uh, well, as you say, as well as the main No Name Ever League, we also have a separate mini league just for the No Name Ever podcasters. And despite his advice about Mikhail Antonio, um, Adam Dennett, who provided some insight for you in our last preview show, uh, still leads the rest of us by a comfortable margin. Uh, my Burnley Stats team uh, trails in by 76 points, uh, although I'm a further 18 points ahead of our producer, Matt Moss, who's on 227 points. Uh, George Poole's a further eight points back on 219, which, unfortunately, Natalie, that leaves you in fifth and last place on 212 in our little podcasters mini-league. But the good news is that you're in 229th place out of 325 in the main league. So, thankfully, you're not in any imminent danger of relegation this season. No, we're not. And I, I'm going to have words with our new boy, because Adam Dennett, as you will remember from last week's previous show, gave me some very specific advice about my team and getting rid of Lacazette and taking Antonio off my bench and putting him in the starting lineup, which I did. Not only did he not score, he got himself sent off. So, and actually, we've had a few listeners who've emailed in to say, Oi, Dennett, you're talking rubbish, because they also took his advice and found themselves struggling for points. So, if you don't hear from Adam Dennett on the Non and Ever podcast for a while, uh, no, he isn't. He will be back. But, you know, send him some grief on my behalf, listeners. That would be great. Um, what about Team of the Week, then? Uh, yeah, these are the players you should have included in your team for last weekend, uh, which would have earned 132 points. Uh, that's even without the extra points you would have picked up if you'd chosen them as captain or any bonus chips you may have played. Um, they were actually set up in a 3-4-3 formation. I'll read the players out for you. We had uh, Alisson of Liverpool in goal. Uh, we had uh, Marcel, Cancelo and Alexander-Arnold as the three defenders. Uh, the four midfielders were Kovacic, Townsend, Zaha and Trossard. Um, and the three up front were Lukaku, Ronaldo and Edouard of uh, Crystal Palace. They obviously had a, a very good result against Tottenham and that... Uh, he, well, there were two Crystal Palace players. Obviously, had Zaha and uh, Edward in there in the uh, in the eleven. So, a hundred and thirty-two points would have been yours if you'd uh, picked all those eleven. Indeed, that would have been good. Um, well, we're going to have another FPL update in our next preview show, which will be the Premier League match in our away trip to face Leicester City. Um, so, in the meantime, keep going, managers. Um, Use those magic chip things that are, I still don't know what to do with them. And maybe don't take Adam Dennett's advice and get Antonio out. Uh, quite hilariously, I was looking at the, the Premier League website, which I do every now and again to try and feather out how I'm supposed to play this silly game. 
and um, Antonio, I think, was when I looked at it, was the number one in most transferred out player. So there you go. Rubbish advice. Statman Dave's quiz question. Well, before we leave our listeners then, Dave, I believe we have a small matter of a quiz question to set our listeners. What are you going to, Nuggety, going to leave us with this week? Uh, yeah, we've got another two-part question this week. Uh, so we've got an easier question first. Uh, we want to know if you can name the last Burnley player to be sent off in a match against Arsenal at Turf Moor. To my knowledge, it's the only Burnley player who's been sent off in a match against Arsenal at Turf Moor. Um, and the second question, which is uh, a little bit harder, I think, um, is prior to Burnley's Carling Cup win over Arsenal in 2008, uh, which we had as our featured memory match, can you name Burnley's goal scorers on the last occasion Burnley beat Arsenal in a league match at Turf Moor? No. I can't. Um, so, can anybody else do better than that? Dave, how do our listeners submit their answers, please? Uh, you can get in touch with us to let us know your answers using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter so no one sees your answer. Uh, that's at no never. We get quite a few uh, answers through that way. We do. You can email us. Our dedicated preview show email address is previewshow, all one word, at never.net. Or you can also reply to the post of this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube. And we'll reveal the correct answers at the start of the next preview show. We certainly will. Um, any other business then to leave community news? Um, what's it called? Fixture replacements? Anything that we need to tell our listeners before we let them go for the weekend? Uh, just our regular reminder that the Burnley in, in the community food bank collections will be taking place around Turf Moor prior to Saturday's match. Uh, so if you're able to spare a tin, take it along and put it in. There'll be collection points all around Turf Moor and every donation is gratefully accepted and put to use in the community. Um, we won't be doing a separate preview show for the League Cup game. That's obviously a midweek game. Next week we play at home to Rochdale on Tuesday, which is the 21st. Uh, but we will try to post some relevant stats on social media prior to the game. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, please do. Well, that is all we have time for, listeners, on another great preview show. My thanks, as ever, go to all of the team who contributed to make this show successful. Uh, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To our, um, hopefully if it was submitted, to our Arsenal fan, which scrolling back up the list was Jason McKenna. Um, if you did manage to submit something, Jason, thank you. If you didn't, then never mind, um, to producer Matt for getting this out there and working behind the scenes to produce the show. Um, to Dave Roberts, of course, Statman Dave, who just puts in a phenomenal amount of effort in getting all the stats together. Um, and quite frankly, we wouldn't have a show without him for sure. Um, last but no means least, you, of course, the listeners for downloading and listening to the show. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. The rest of the team will be back probably Tuesday, I think, next week to um, look ahead and pass comment on the transfer window closing and the um, Everton game and then the Arsenal game from the weekend as well. We couldn't quite get an analysis show out this week with people's uh, with the game being on Monday night and everybody's fixtures um, and whereabouts being a little bit all over the place. So we'll do a bumper one next week to look at what's been going on and obviously to analyse Dasha's new contract in detail. And then Dave and I will be back next Friday night looking ahead to that away tie at Leicester City. Um, 
if you've got any questions, comments, suggestions, or you just want to have a chat, then you know where we are. Do get in touch. Otherwise, have a fantastic weekend and cheer Turf more to the rafters, cheering on our boys at the weekend. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast, the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast in particular. Until next time. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.